Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. It's Morgan. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe because these episodes are just so stinking fun. Am I right? Am I right? Um, Today, Bryant is back and we're tapping into a different topic, how he left pharmacy. Bryant, you got a lot of questions in the little submission pool about how you left pharmacy, how you were able to, because that's kind of a stark thing. You went to school for eight years for something and then you decided after six months that you didn't want to do that anymore and you were able to move into your own business. And so I, from the woman perspective, always bring up this topic of how there's so much opportunity out there for women that don't really want to go to a nine to five job where they have to be away from the home or away from their their kids. There's so many opportunities for them to make something work for them. And I thought we could talk about that too from more of the guy perspective with your business because you were able to leave something that you didn't find joy in. Let's get on into it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Here we go. Just when you think it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a stinking pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented, adjustable feel of the original MyPillow, but now with brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with a promo code MORGAN. Go to MyPillow.com, use offer code MORGAN. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MORGAN. Thank you very much. Let's get into it, We Okay, Bryant, we got a lot of questions about being able to leave your job and work for yourself. How the heck are you able to do that? Were you nervous? All these things. How'd you pay for it? How are you weighing the pros and cons? What'd your family think, etc. For me, I don't know if you knew this. No, you knew this. I left my nine-to-five job in advertising and started working at a nonprofit that I had started. I was starting it while I still had the nine to five and I would go home and spend a few hours every night just trying to like make a little Wix website and call into radio stations asking for, for small dollar donations and stuff like that. And then eventually took the leap. But that was because for me, I would rather work at a charity situation and feel more fulfilled in the work that I'm doing and more invested and get that kind of joy and service out of the work that I'm doing Instead of what I was doing, which was selling grass seed, selling commercials and scheduling commercials for reality TV shows and working so hard on it. I was working definitely over 40 hours a week in this city that I didn't like living in. And I was just deeply unhappy with everything that I was putting so much work into, so much time of my life into. And so I felt so much fulfillment by transitioning and I was able to, but it took a while because I was doing both at the same time until it was safe for me to transition. And so I I think yours is actually quite similar, but yours isn't really a charity situation. Yours was a straight up business and it's, it's done really well. Yeah. So I feel like that's my number one question too, is how basically to do your own thing, uh, start a business, whatever it might be. And I pretty much started, um, Ground level, learned everything off of YouTube. When I was in pharmacy school, I was YouTubing all my questions. Um, and I actually had started like five different things before, you know, 
the the big one, American Fetcher, like took off the apparel brand. Um, but it goes back to like the why. And for me, it started off as at three hundred thousand dollars of student debt, and I started doing the math of being a pharmacist and like the salary, like one hundred twenty grand, is kind of around the average. Well, obviously, you have to pay the IRS something. So after you get done paying your taxes, <clears throat> you only really bring home like seventy five thousand dollars, eighty thousand maybe. And then after you do all the math of how much your house payment, your car payment, the food to survive, and then, you know, just the monthly um, payments for your student debt, like the bare minimum, you really don't have that much left over. And it's going to take you several years to pay off all that, meaning you're going to be broke for several years. But we highlight, oh, I got a doctorate, so I should be just rolling in the money. You know what I mean? And that's kind of a lie, and it's a lie in, in, in MDs too and doctors. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of doctors that is doing really well, but there's a lot that took on a lot of student debt and just you know maybe took a r- rural job or something that's not as flashy of a paycheck that everybody thinks and takes them forever to get out of it. And then they want to live the bougie lifestyle with like, who knows, the new Tahoe, the truck, the the million-dollar house, and their liquid in the bank is really not that much difference than someone who didn't even go to college or barely got like a like maybe a teacher salary. I'm not knocking on teachers, but you know what I mean. Uh, so they're not doing that well. But for me, it was the help with student debt, and I just had always been a hat person. I feel like it's like the belt on your pants. Like, it's just part of my body. I've always loved hats. I've always been a little insecure because um, – Earlier in life, I guess when I was like, I don't know, 15, 16, there was like no hats that were good for me. And Patagonia actually released like a trucker style hat. I remember that. And I felt just really confident in it. And um, it really changed how I felt when I walked out of the house. So uh, hats had always been close to me. I know I'm getting weird with hats now, no, like sentimental. Sweet. <laughs> but I knew hats were, was always something. And so when I was in pharmacy school, looking at the numbers and seeing how long it was going to take me to get out of debt. Well, that's when I was like, what can I add as like a little side, you know, people call it side hustle, side projects, whatever it might be. Um, So that was my why initially is to um, help pay off that. And so I can maybe find a little bit of freedom in life earlier than, you know, being in my forties. So when I started there, um, I basically knew your basics. I was like, well, there is free platforms called Instagram and Facebook that everybody's heard of now. And, you know, these things are free. There's a lot of people on them. I started just, I started a page. There was a lot of outdoor pages out there, to be honest with you. And this was a back time. Do you remember when Instagram was like doing the chronological order? So like mm. the newest post would show up first. Yeah. So you were getting a lot more likes back then. So what I would do is um, whenever I would get done with my pharmacy class, and get back to my apartment. It's kind of like what you're saying. You know, you're doing the nine to five job, and then whenever you get off work, you work to midnight on something else. Well, this is what I was doing: was I would open up my Instagram page, and it was back when Instagram wouldn't ban you for like sending a ton of messages to people. <laughs> so what I was doing was I was I was getting on these other outdoor pages that was sharing like ducks or deer. And all the people that were liking their pictures, I was just shooting them a message, and I had a copy and paste, and I was like. Look, I know this is crazy, but I'm starting a hat brand. I just want to let you know about this page. If you're cool with following it, I appreciate it. If not, man, no worries. Super mm-hmm. small talk, super casual, but I also wasn't being like too whatever. I was sending hundreds and hundreds of these messages a day. Yeah. And then people, and then the, so the page was slowly growing. Um, you know, I remember I hit 2,000 followers, then it got to five. And then when I was at 10,000 followers, that was, that was right at the time when I'd finally figured out a design 
and my first ever hats, and I released them on November 2017. And um, yeah, when I posted that, I think I had three orders. The Ooh. next day, I didn't think I had anything, and um, the next week, maybe like one or two orders. You know, and I was just like, man, this is awesome. Like, if I just get like 14 orders a month, that pays for my gas, like, one, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. week. And it's like, so that's how I was thinking of it. But I was always, I was also looking at what these other brands were doing, who were doing this full time, who had 10 employees. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not even hating on them, but they're just showing that you, there's a chance. And that chance is what I lived off of. And, you know, I do believe it was a God given passion because I was, I was borderline obsessed with this, you know, because I was like, all right, I do want to get out of student debt, but my, this page is growing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I just, I want to become a respectable hat brand yeah. because there was only, there was not that many in the space at the time. And there was a brand called Richardson Hats. So if you know hats, Richardson 112 is your classic trucker hat that anybody could start a hat brand. Call them up or not even call them up. Just order it online, find you a local embroidery deal, slaps a design on it, and there you go. And these hats fit so well. So I knew they fit well, obviously. Problem was all the other outdoor brands were using this style hat. So long story short, I started um, doing that, coming out with new designs, like finding a graphic designer, figuring out the trademark deal, and just every single day messaging hundreds of people on this Instagram page. And it was getting like five orders here a week, you know, and whatnot. It slowly started. Long story short, fast forward about two years was when I had my first six-figure year in revenue. Now, that wasn't profit, but it was revenue. And I was like, wow, that's that. I've just the idea of something that was nothing, and now I see a six-figure year was like mind-boggling to me. And this was right when I was about to graduate pharmacy school. And um, and when I did, I took my tests and started at a CVS. And again, it was like $115,000, $120,000 salary. But it's almost like I came numb to that because I saw the potential in this hat brand. And, um, yeah, I mean, just to, just to share a little bit, you know, it went from a six-figure hat brand, barely hit over, it was $135,000 on like year three, and then it became, you know, a multi-million dollar deal. But the first year, I'll never forget, it was like $30,000. The second year, it was like $60,000 in revenue, which is when you look at the profit and after you pay Uncle Sam, it's, it's really nothing. But it hit. It came on so quick of how many hat orders were coming in that I guess it slowly adapted. It just happened to be during the time of COVID and how stressful pharmacy was that I didn't feel like a pharmacist in the position I was. Like, yeah, there's pharmacy things, but when you're in a retail setting, you're you're getting asked, "Hey, where's the toilet paper?" You know, or, hey, can you, Bryant, the printer's down. Can you come help this? Hey, Bryant, you know, our sliding door won't open. Like, can you come? And then and then it's like, you know, all these calls that p- patients are calling in. It's like, hey, when's my refill ready? It wasn't like, hey, I'm worried about what this is going on in my body. Do you have any recommendations? It was very few over-the-counter questions. It was a, I mean, it was some, but it wasn't like, I didn't really feel as fulfilled as I thought I would be. And it just so happened that American Fetcher was just hit a level to where it was like, well, wait, I can stop this and try this American Fetcher out because one, it's so fulfilling that all these people are really loving the brand. And, and, and then I get back what I think everybody's chasing is freedom. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is there's not a price tag on really, you know, doing your critical tasks throughout the day. But then 
you know, one or two o'clock, I mean, do whatever you want to do. Now this, no, but what I'm trying to say is I'm also going to be realistic. There, I think seven to 10% of the population are entrepreneurs and 1% are, are millionaires. So like, let's just be honest real quick that it's a pretty tough journey. Like this isn't like, oh, everybody go start a business and, and then just, you know, next year you're good. Like this was several lonely nights. This was several, this was, I mean, if you look at it, this was two years of making nothing. How many days is that? 600 and I don't even know, 700. Um, but the point is, is it's a lot of nights to where I didn't go to the bar with the friends. I didn't do this or that. I'm stressed out on pharmacy tests, but I knew I had to do this as well. And I, I didn't know it at the time of what I, what it was building, but hindsight, I'm able to share this, that it really was just putting in time. And a lot of people are like, what's the secret, man? What's the secret? And sometimes the secrets are just putting in more reps mm-hmm. and continuing to do it. And yeah, that's a loaded answer. Uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Now, I don't want to forget to ask you things because I have a few questions that popped up through all of that answer because that was a lot. Thank you for sharing. I feel like so I didn't much. even share anything, but it's like that was a lot. There's so many, there's so many avenues you can take from it because people just want to make more money and find freedom with their families, and that's what you stand for. Well, yeah, it's like okay, women, how do we get to stay at home? And so maybe this is more of a talk to the guys who are like, man, I want more. Like you know, the lingo in today's age is I want bands, I want the stacks, you know. But it's like. The, the other thing is, too, and I think this is kind of going against what me and you started this conversation as, yes, I didn't feel as fulfilled in pharmacy, but let me say this. There's a lot of people who actually enjoy their job, mm-hmm. but it might not make enough money for them to fulfill a lifestyle that they want. And that is where you can say, look, well, there is there is the Internet, and you can make money online. Now, I say the Internet because that just seems the most um, reasonable thing. Like when COVID happened, all these small businesses shut down that you walk into, but the online stayed rocking and rolling. You know, so I feel like you got to be online, you yeah. know. And so this is basically just a way to say, hey, this can help you make more money. And then if you love what you're doing from this new business and if it makes sense one day, then, yeah, you're able to quit. And then you have all the freedom that you want, you know. But, again, it's pressure in this. It's volatile. And you don't know what next year brings, and that's just part of the entrepreneurship. That's a little, um, and then when you get employees involved, like the, they are dependent on that. So, yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I think we got to go back a little bit because people do this for different reasons. Some people just want to be fully self-employed because they like that kind of lifestyle, and they don't find any fulfillment in having to go to a job. Other people love the kind of job that they have. They get a bunch of fulfillment from that nine to five and maybe they just have some debt and they want to pay it off and their actual salary that they can earn from the job they like doing is a little stagnant. So they just want that side thing. Others are women that want to be able to have the flexibility and the freedom with their schedule, but they also need to help contribute financially because this country makes it nearly impossible to be a one income family. So there's so many different reasons for why people want to do this. And that's why I kind of wanted to ask you because- your proof that consistency goes a really long way. And the first thing that caught my attention was your willingness to, sorry to say this, your willingness to basically embarrass yourself by sending out all those messages. You don't know who's going to ignore you. You don't know who's going to reply. You don't know if you look silly just sending all these messages out. But it was a really great way. And I feel like sometimes you meet people these days that like they don't even want to put themselves out in that way. And if you can't do that, then (laughs) I don't think you're going to go very far. Like for me, I used to, with my nonprofit, call into radio stations and just explain what I wanted to try to do if people would be willing to go to my website and donate. And I would be so giddy over like a $5 donation. So 
and I get it. I kind of like how yours is like the more business side and mine is more of like the, I just had a little thing that I wanted to start up and get away from a job that I didn't like and ended up working out. Mm -hmm. But the next concept of that people, I think there's this like roadblock where people who don't come from families that have entrepreneurship in them and maybe their parents have always just had that kind of salary job and they've never seen it. They don't even know what you're talking about in the sense of, wait, you can just reach out to an American manufacturer and say, hey, I really like this logo. Can I buy some hats from you for a certain cost and get some hats and then I'm going to sell them on social media? Like I remember I said one time, I've always wanted to start a little dress business and years ago, and I think it was Owen that might have said this to me, Owen and Talia down in Texas. I said, I love long dresses and, you know, maybe one day I want to start a little dress brand, but not big at all. Like I wouldn't try to make money from it. I just kind of want to make more dresses like this because it's really hard to find them. And Owen looked at me as simple as this of like, okay, we'll reach out to a manufacturer. And I was like, what is that? I didn't realize that that's just how simple it really is. And so do you want to provide a little insight to like when little Bryant was reaching out? He had an idea in his head and there's companies out there that can make it into a thing. You don't have to really sew your own hat in your own home. Like there, there's different ways where you can find products and make products to sell. Yeah. Well, for mine specifically, Niche, mine was obviously hats and I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing at all. So what I did was I just called someone local who I knew was a hat embroiderer and I was like, Hey man, I just want to do hats. And they're like, what kind of hats? And I said, a trucker style hat. And then that's when they informed me, well, Hey, there's actually, um, a company who makes their own hats and then sells the hats blank, meaning there's no design on it. So you can pick a khaki white hat, a khaki brown hat, um, or an all-black hat, whatever it is, and we can put whatever stitch color you, you want and the design on the front. So that's how me me specifically I did it. Um, and do you mind me asking financially? I mean, how, did you save up for this? Did you have a little bit of a savings and you were willing to risk a tiny fraction no, just because you first got like four orders? So how do you make that choice? Because a lot of people just need that little push to say, it's okay to take a little risk financially so, and grow something. So for me, it was starting a Shopify store. So that's what I used for my website. Shopify at the time, I don't know what it is now. It was uh, $29 a month for the basic plan. So I had to I had to get $29. I had to pay a graphic artist, um, $75, I think. And then I had to go to the hat embroidery place. And they said, hey, we got to digitize the design. That was, that was $50. And then they said, well, how many hats do you want? And I said, 12. Like, I don't have much money at all. And it was, ended up being like $13 a hat. So 13 times 12, whatever, and then adding up those other costs, that was pretty much all I had in it. And then, of course, I had to buy like these little seven inch by seven by seven boxes to put the hat in uh, whenever I shipped it. And that was pretty much all my cost. So, you know, just say a couple hundred dollars to get started. Soon as I made that money back, well, that couple hundred dollars went and paid for 12 more hats and then 24 hats on the next round, and then 48 hats on the next round. You see where this is going. Mm-hmm. I didn't make anything literally for like over two years. Um, maybe even three. Like it was not much at all. Um, so yeah, but if people are like, I got an idea, I'm just confused. Literally just YouTube the question. You actually caught my attention with what you said there where you just looked up local people that did what you wanted to do and you had the ability to ask them basic questions of how they did it and they were willing to answer. And, And I think it takes a little bit 
of courage, of ingenuity to be able to be like, wait, I could just ask people. I could look on the internet or I could do some investigation for myself. I get frustrated, I think, because I'm like, we're going to save the republic by creating aware citizens. That's my little shtick because I like to care about that a lot. But when I do something like, hey, guys, uh, I'm doing this video right now and I'm going to explain my frustrations with the vaccine requirement that just came out. But luckily, there's ways you can apply for exemption. I put it at the link in my bio. When I put that in a video and post it and then I have literally dozens, maybe even hundreds of messages in my DMs asking me, where can I get those exemptions you talked about in the video? I mean, they they sent me this long message asking about it when they could have just gone to the link in my bio or have maybe thought like, oh, wait, maybe she linked it in her bio. It, my mind works like if I'm looking for a resource they're talking about and I didn't maybe hear her mention it, I would either try and rewatch it and see if maybe she mentions it or read the caption where it was also mentioned that it's in the bio or just click the link in bio and see if it's an option first before I send the message and have to wait for a response. Like that's how my mind works. And I think you're kind of saying that too with business of like, why not just ask someone? Why not just ask the people that are already doing it and then the other thing is youtube for my little flag company with my dad i just did that because i had a reasonable amount of student debt that it was like hey if we did xyz we could probably pay this off within a year and we were just selling them locally that's why it's called zegger's freedom flags it's like because it was for people in the the area that i was in and i wasn't trying to build some brand on it you know what i mean but we were able to learn on youtube tutorials how to make the flags we bought a few materials for fun starting at home depot but now we do a local lumber provider and then when we needed to, what happened is we got an order, a big one for the first time, and it was for like 30 flags for the local fire department. And that finally became something that I wasn't able to do myself because I was carving all the flags by hand. And it was taking hours per flag to carve 50 stars on each one with a little hand dremel. And we spent $2,000 to buy a CNC. And that was basically all that we had saved up in the account. And so to be able to actually do what the orders were we had to make a little bit of an investment but ever since then we've been rocking and rolling with the same thing and that was all just from youtube tutorials and just kind of like looking into what other people did what other people bought just to add in this like i know you're very kind spirited but you're basically saying people are freaking lazy man and there's that's just a fact and that's why it's like sometimes I'm like trying to motivate people like there's no other easier time to do something as far as whether it's on the side just to make extra income or do whatever you want to do than now because we have a generation that's just lazy that literally cannot look up anything or do anything for themselves. And that just makes the competition easier if you want to know the honest truth. Um, but yeah, everything is online. Online. That's how I found stuff. And uh, yeah, there's just different levels to it. You know, you start off just barely getting by and then, you know, luck, luckily and God willing. You just keep growing, and each level has different growing pains, per se. Yeah, I, I, I think let's move into like the importance of why we even talk about this. I get it that not everybody listening wants to be an entrepreneur, but there are a lot of young women that listen, especially because they're curious how they can find a financial situation that works for them. Because first of all, girls, you never know who you're going to marry. You never know what they're going to be able to bring to the table. You never know what the economy is going to look like. And it's basically a situation in America today where it nearly demands a two-income household. That being said, there are ways you can manage as a one-income household, but we just never know. So we want to be sure that we're prepared and able to well, help out in any way. Money is important. Like we should have that conversation. Like people treat money. Like if you walk into church and say, "I don't, I don't make more money this month. I don't figure out a way." People probably look at you like, "Oh, easy, be easy now, be easy. Don't idolize it." Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It, there's a difference on a Christian viewpoint of looking at money. Everybody who says money doesn't matter, why are you waking up going to work? Like money does matter. 
like I'm sorry, but it makes the world go round and it can make the world a better place. So I do think it's a very important aspect that we all need to, whether you're a girl or a boy, of of just having a good relationship with it. Yeah, but I just mean to say that as in, I've done other shows and other resources are out there, if you look my name up with this stuff, for suggestions based on what you're looking for. Like if you're a college student and you're good at XYZ, here's what I suggest to help you start an LLC and provide this. You are helping people, you're solving their problems by providing something that you're good at. Or if you're doing what more of what you are trying to do, Brian, it's legitimately grow a business. And I care about this so much, whether you're a guy or a girl, because for me, I love being in control of myself, my day, my freedom. I think that this is a complete control thing. I have a nonprofit where I interview people that escaped socialism. And what do I say? That socialism isn't just bad because it destroys an economy and has those negative impacts and brings famine and all those things. It's so deadly and dangerous in the end because it gives government complete economic and financial control to people. And so if we want to be fully free in America, we need to be as economically and financially free as individuals as possible. And so that means being able to put food on the table and provide for yourself if things get weird like a COVID-19 mandate and you are told you need to inject this into you or you're not going to be able to work here anymore and maybe you went to school for years to be able to only work this specific and uniquely trained requirement job and so when you're put in a pickle like that and you're dependent on someone else for these things and they say you need to do xyz in exchange for the money that you want to earn at this job You aren't free, in my opinion. And so that's why I care about it so much. I also just think I'd be a terrible employee because I just like my freedom so much. And I like having a free day where I can choose what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think if you're starting off really basic, uh, I would say it's probably smart to have like a six month. Um, financial plan like if if it, if it all did end you have six months to live off of um, or maybe work your way to get to that and then if it and like I said during that six months you find out something different another place to work or you know something online like just mm-hmm. well yeah. the thing is too is the tax code is in my opinion and other people have said this is intentionally complicated to make people want to have to just do a W-2 when they're filing taxes. If you have a W-2, if you're doing a normal person job and you're getting a salary and you just get your your tax form at the end of the year with the numbers already filled in, it's one simple piece of paper, all you have to do is go into TurboTax or H&R Block and fill it out. Whereas if you're self-employed, if you have an LLC, if you do anything like contract work, they make it as complicated as possible and as stressful as possible. When you're not a criminal, but they want to make you concerned and nervous and stressed out so much that you're like, geez, all this accounting, all these files, all this stuff that I do, I'm nervous I'm going to mess it up. And maybe it's just easier for me to have a a stable job where I don't have to worry about these things. They want to do that. And I think that plays into what you were saying in the last episodes of of like, they want you to be a customer to their games. They want you to have to participate and be controlled and be a part of the simulation, whether that's with health things or the kind of things uh, that we're doing every day, our daily lifestyle. And also how we provide for our family. Yeah, I mean, control what you control, but unfortunately taxes are here to stay. And, you know, I always have this saying, you can, one way to look at it, you can say, well, this sucks and I hate America and all this, or you can say, I want to be the highest taxpayer in America. Well, and then I think the last thing on the control as well is when you have more financial freedom, when when you aren't in a financial situation where it's like, I can't afford to leave, I can't afford to do X, Y, Z, I can't afford to uh, maybe move to a different area if I needed to, I just personally think it's almost like a a safety precaution to be able to have 
funds saved up for a concerning moment. What I mean by that is that we've gotten to a sticky point in America where now the COVID-19 vaccine was just added to the childhood schedule of vaccines. If you live in a blue state, blue states for the most part, and I wrote an article about this on tpsa.com, blue states for the most part require your child to get the entire childhood vaccination schedule in order to attend school. And so if you don't want your child to have to get that, you have to fill out a bunch of exemption forms, go to the county clerk office, whatever it may be, whatever the state requires, and make the case for why your child shouldn't have to follow the law. If you live in a red state or a state that respects health freedom, that respects bodily autonomy in that way, then you're going to be in a better position. And I think a lot of us never even thought we would have to consider these things for our children. But hey, it's 2023 and it's here. And so uh, for me, I want to be living in a place that will protect the rights of parents, that will protect health freedom and bodily autonomy. And if you don't live there right now, you should really consider where you want to end up so that you can avoid these these issues. Yeah, I mean, I just think people are going through the motions, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, financial, just understanding your finances is a, probably a basic thing we can all start off of. Like, how much does it actually cost you to eat a week? How much gas are you spending? Like, how much do you make? And, I mean, just work backwards of the lifestyle that you're kind of wanting to do. And, you know, that's what I always stand for. It's like there's, there's plenty of opportunities and stuff. But people are just... People are just so not in tune with their life. They're just going through the motions. They're living for Friday and Saturday night, to be honest with you, and then cussing on Monday. You know what I mean? Their Sunday is like, oh, Monday's tomorrow. And there's another five days that's just a blur, and then again, party on Friday and Saturday. And it's just kind of like a sad way to live. I'm just going to be honest. And um, I've just, over the last two years, seen how kind of the government works and all this stuff, and it's just like I do not want to be a customer uh, by them on any uh, shape, form, or fashion. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just always trying to give little help where I can. I mean, the finances are a really big thing because people have to make money to live. Let's yeah. just be honest. And, yes, m- mandates like you're talking about the COVID vaccine. I mean, look, what's what's our options then? You quit, you go find another job, you move to another state, or you make money online or ha- have a side deal to where you own it and – try to earn back your time and you don't you're not dependent on someone it really is your options like let's just start there but i think it's important i mean this podcast isn't really Mm -hmm. for people that have no clue about this stuff there's a small amount of people out there that understand this and are like okay so what can i do about it and that's really who i want to focus on you know it's like i'm not going to try and have a conversation with a communist or a socialist or any radical leftist person because i'm not interested in wasting that energy to try and get them to see my side i'd rather just focus on the solutions and the people that see that we need solutions you know what i mean and so with that like the people listening to this podcast are the people that are like no no way in heck am i taking that covid19 vaccine and so for you i see what you were able to do of you were getting down to a point where you were about to have to administer the covid19 vaccine to people that and you don't believe in that that goes against your core and you were able with God's timing, I believe, to leave and go pursue your small business. And so it's not like you started that thing years ago knowing, gee, one day I'm going to be able to leave right before I have to actually administer a COVID-19 vaccine that's going to come in the future because you had no idea a pandemic was going to come. But it just gives you the freedom that you need to say no if you ever get pushed up with your back against a wall. You never have to be put in that position. And that's why I think it's so powerful, especially when we get into the situation of kids. It's like you, Bryant Fikes, we're going to 
give a COVID-19 vaccine to a child, you never had to get put in that position because of your job, because of your business. I mean, that's true. But now looking at it, I'm, I'm against a lot of the vaccines, to be honest with you. <laughs> so um, and I don't want to set this up to where pharmacists who literally don't have another job are having to give the COVID-19 you know, they can give their honest opinion. Yeah. And say, are you sure you want to keep going with this? And and if the patient says yes, then you just do it. And I know pharmacists who don't get it and uh, will tell the patient, I do not recommend it. But if you're ready for it, I will be happily. T-. So, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't want to set it up to like if a pharmacist does give them that they're bad people. You know, now I'm for me, for me personally, yes, I'm happy I wasn't involved, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. But again, it goes back to the finances and the money from a business, a side business that was making nothing allowed me to do that. It grew into something, you know, and that's why it really all goes back to like money is just, I'm just more passionate about it. I know than you, um, but it's just like something I feel like people don't ever want to talk about. It's like money and politics and you can just control your freedom and, and life a lot better. If you, you know, find the skills that God has given into you and just wanting to be the best into that. Because here's the thing. If you work at McDonald's and you flip fries, if you if you were put on this earth to be the best one to do that, to fry fries, when it all hits the fan and McDonald's has to get rid of people, who are they not getting rid of? They're not getting rid of you. So it's just like all like small little things of like becoming the best version of yourself and just, um yeah, just be looking out for opportunities, you know, constantly instead of just this zombie just rolling through life and then hopefully I'll retire by age 65. I think for me, I just get so caught up in my little bubble of people. Like, we all know that. You know what I mean? Like, and I honestly, when I get put in the circle of, I guess you call them like normies is what they're called. When I get put in a circle of people who just couldn't care less, they they comment on your stuff about Bath and Body Works. And they're like, no way in heck am I giving up my cinnamon swirl with sprinkles lotion, Bryant Fikes. <laughs> and it's like, uh, those those poor things don't understand that we're saying this because we care. We aren't making fun of them because of lotion. We aren't saying that it, there's anything bad about it from the fun of it. Like, of course, everybody wants a nice, yummy smelling lotion. I have a few. But if you could just be a little bit more aware of the fact that there's synthetic estrogen in there, maybe you would be interested in finding a different solution. But instead, they look at us like we're crazy. I'm not interested, really, in reaching someone that's like making a joke about me trying to show them just basic information. I'd rather work with the ladies that are like, oh, Morgan, what do you use instead then? You know? Yeah. I mean, people look for hacks and people don't want to be uncomfortable for a short period of time. So if they like their cookies every single night and you're telling them, hey, you're gaining weight, we might ought to question that. They're going to find a reason okay. not to. Did you just attack my cookies? No, which cookies? The one? No, you may, you're on the pecan <laughs> pie kick now. Uh, no, but the point is, is like pe- people don't like change and people don't like w- want to be uncomfortable. And I'm sorry people don't want to add in extra work or slash do the work, you know, like and there's no there's no easy answers for this. I mean, we're. So I posted Morgan last night about Ballerina Farm uh, on Instagram I can't argue about, about how ballerina. about how basically if she's obsessed with Ballerina Farm, then she's probably a good one, which is true. But a lot of people hate because it's like what all the probably the good financial status that they are in. Uh, and it's like, yeah, well, maybe my dad will owns JetBlue, too, you know, and do all that. But it's like, OK, that is an extreme example, but. The bottom line is, if you want a lifestyle, at least just start there and work backwards. Like, okay, what can provide that lifestyle? But if you have that, listen, I cannot go on a rant about Ballerina Farm right now. I love them so much because of what they represent and what they do 
on their day-to-day life. The people that look at Ballerina Farm and say, well, isn't that nice? That's not the normal farm life. That's not attainable for all of us. They are the heirs of JetBlue. If you look at everything they've done, all the goodness that they spread, the recipes, the children that are happy, all the amazing things that they do to just share goodness and say, well, I'm going to say something negative about this because they have more money. Then you just have some problems in your heart that you got to fix. That's my personal opinion. Oh, yeah. You you can't look at someone else and then just say that I'm going to be negative about this because I don't have everything that they have. It's as simple as sharing goodness. And if you can't see that, then you've got your own problems. And so as well, if you followed Ballerina Farm and you saw that they have a beautiful place outside Park City, Utah, they have that many kids, beautiful, beautiful children that are happy and joyful and were able to do things like build a rodeo arena for their children on their property. If you weren't able to figure out, oh, yeah, they probably have a lot of money, actually, because that's pretty pricey, then I can't help you. You got to understand some people have more than you. You don't get jealous that they were able to buy a rodeo arena. You just say that's adorable. And it's just social media. So I'm going to go back to my beautiful life now and cultivate goodness in that life. That's mine. From my view. People are like, oh, my gosh, they are the heirs of JetBlue. It's like, well, yeah, they built a rodeo arena in their their property this year. If you haven't noticed, they've got a lot of money. They don't hide it. Yeah. No, I do think they're good people. I don't think we know their whole story in their household. But it does seem like they're good people sharing good, wholesome stuff. Point is, where I take inspiration from it is, is like they they are living a life, and that means they're humans, and that means you have a chance to at least, you know, maybe break free from the chains that you know the job that you hate that you're in right now. To you know, there is America is still free in a sense of like there is a lot of opportunity still, and you know you might not be the next ballerina form, but there's still plenty of ways to live just you know a nice lifestyle like that. Bottom line is, don't be a jealous person. Don't compare. Just do what you can to make your life good and cultivate goodness in it. Do not compare yourself and do not spread negativity And don't bring online. up any bad things of Ballerina Farm to Morgan. And, yeah, life will move smoothly. I can't. I can't even say anything about it. It makes me so upset, Brian. Well, I po- I'm the one that posted the video. <laughs> like, I thought you were getting mad at me. I'm the one that posted about it. So I was saying it was a good thing. <laughs> I know, but it's just – I. it makes me – Sad, I guess, about the world that people just don't people. have a better focus or outlook, that they must hate on a family that just does good things. Like, they don't owe you anything. I think, I guess, that's that's my view on social media. And we were supposed to talk about social media at the end, but we've forgotten. It's already 40 minutes. We'll talk about it next time. But the whole point is, like, it's just social media, and they don't owe you anything. She posts recipes. She posts videos of her geese. It's adorable. Be thankful for the cute videos and move on. But people feel like they are just owed everything from complete strangers these days, and it upsets me. Okay, I could go on a little rant, but I'm not going to. Brian, thank you for joining. You're welcome. (laughs) 